Hey fellas, this is Rob Carbone. You're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. All right, all right. What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone coming at you on September 1st. It's a Sunday night, about 7.15 p.m. BD4, episode 24. We're coming along here, man. A double dozen of these episodes so far. And I'm in a great mood, and I'm sure you uh, New Yorkers are in an excellent mood as well because our Yankees just took an impressive 2-3 or three against the Oakland A's in walk-off fashion both times. Oh, what an amazing series it was. And before we start, I do want to apologize. Like I, I have a bit of a cold, so gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to be at my best today. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight through this one for you guys. And But yeah, wow, what a series that was uh, to walk off like we did, especially after game one where it was just not a, not a good game. You know, you have Sabathia leaving the game early after three innings. Only gave up a run, but... He goes three innings, which means we have to use a collection of you know, relievers again. About five or six bullpen arms have to come out. And when you do that, you know, you're, you're going to have, you're bound to have an issue where one of them's not going to have a great night. And in game one, it was Tommy Canely with an off off night. He implodes in the sixth inning. We have a two-to-one lead at the time, but Canely implodes. Um, and it becomes four-to-two. The A's take the lead. Bats just got two runs. They were terrible. Um... Two runs, and they were just hitting into into double plays, hitting ground balls, and the only two runs they got came off of fielders' choices and a double play. So it was a pathetic effort. So to see them bounce back the way they did after after game one, losing eight to two, was just spectacular. You know, the comeback out there on on Saturday was it Domingo Herman gives them five strong innings of two run ball, and what I loved about that, he wasn't his best, but most of the times, Herman's going to keep you in the game. I mean, you'll take five innings, two runs from him, from him, any day if he's not on. Because you know he has the he has the ability to implode every once in a while. But like I've been saying all year, outside of the three implosions, Herman has kept the damn Yankees in every game he's pitched in outside of those three. So he did exactly what he's been doing all year. Gave him a quality outing, five innings, two runs, and this time it was Adam Adovino impl- imploding. Um, it wasn't as bad. He didn't give up a shit ton of runs, but yeah, it was a tie game in the seventh. Adovino comes in, uh, walks a batter, gives up a double down the line, which may or may not have been fair. Aaron Boone did not challenge it. He should have challenged it, but he didn't. The double ends up scoring a run and the A's take a three to two lead in the seventh. This is the game they end up winning four to, uh, they, uh, they end up losing though, because the Yankees come back and win four to three and the Yankees, once again, even though they won, the bats weren't there, but four solo shots. They pounded out four homers to win this game. Gary had two early on, and then Judge hit one to tie the game in the eighth. So right after Adam Adovino imploded, Judge comes back in the bottom of the eighth, hits an oppo homer to tie the game at three. Yanks, uh, Yanks fall asleep a little bit. Come the 11th, though, it's LeMayhew this time walking off, going oppo with a homer in the 11th, man. I mean, 
And the Mayhew, thing about him, he came into that at-bat with three strikeouts. 0 for 4 with three Ks. An uncharacteristic day for him. But that's why he's their best hitter. Even on his worst day, he he can become the key player of the game. And he does that with the oppo, oppo shot to walk it off of the Yanks. 4 to 3. And wow. And we get to game 3. J-Hap puts together his best performance of the year. Did not expect that, especially with the Yankee bats being quiet again for a while. Um, he, he Hap goes six innings, no runs, allows maybe just one single. Um, yeah, by far his best start of the year. But then what pisses me off is Aaron Boone goes with some random nobody named Ryan Dull, who was just called up today. And he was released earlier in the year by the A's because he had a 12 ERA in seven appearances. Some random dull. A 0-0 game in the seventh inning. Aaron Boone is punting. He goes with Ryan Dull. And Dull ends up being exactly what his ERA says. He gives up a three spot. Three nothing A's in the seventh. Uh, we're losing this game, right? Especially when we see no chance Adams. No chance comes in in the eighth inning. Allows a solo shot to friggin' Matt Olson, who I cannot stand right now. Four nothing. Aaron Boone's punting a freaking a scoreless game in the seventh. He decided to punt. What do you know? It's it's four nothing in the bottom of the eighth. But you know, all season the Yankee bats, even on the, even in their worst day, have been able to score at least a run, and they continued that that two hundred and something game stretch tonight by producing their first run of the game in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Mike Talkman starts out with a walk. DJ LeMahieu then singles. Aaron Judge draws another walk. Uh, Bob Melvin goes out, makes a change, makes a pitching change. Bases loaded, no outs. In comes, I forget who comes in next, but somebody's in. And Glaber Torres works at an excellent 3-2 count. Just misses the homer, goes deep to center, but he gets a stack fly. Yanks down 4-1. to one. We still need that big hit. Melvin makes another pitching change, and in comes one of the best closers in today's game, in, in, uh, Liam Hendricks. You know, it's going to be tough to hit Hendricks. He's got like a 150 ERA. But Gregorius, of all people, who's been mightily struggling for a while now, has been inconsistent ever since he debuted this season off the DL. He needed something, and he got it. He drills a single to the center field. It scores two runs. Yanks are now in it 4-3, to three, down by one. And it was at that moment right there, I was like, okay, you know what? They're winning this goddamn game. This is the Yankees' game. Because if you've been watching them, if you've had any clue of you know how they play baseball this season, that those things right there, they click. They click that little, click that switch. They flip the switch in your head and it tells you, okay, this is this is going to be their game. They're definitely going to win this one, whether it's in the 8th, whether it's in the ninth, or in the goddamn 11th. And they did. They come back out in the bottom of the ninth, down 4-3. to three. Hendricks still out there trying to close the game. What do you know? Brett Gardner hunting a fastball in favor. He's in, he's in, the count's in favor of him. I think it's two to one. Gets that fastball and boom, he blasts one to right field, uh, three ninety six feet, and uh, <laughs> and Mike Ford comes up next. Tie game, Yanks. Mike Ford comes up. Same thing. He gets the fastball. Boom, he lifts it into the bullpen. Yanks win. Back-to-back homers, Yanks win. I mean, it was just unbelievable, man. What a goddamn series that was, huh? I, I, I was screaming. I was like a little kid on Christmas. I, I'm glad nobody saw me. I was downstairs in my room, jumping up and down. I think I may, I may have even threw in a screech here or there. It was I was like such a little bitch. But, yeah, I was jumping, man. 
But hey, it just goes to tell you those it, those two wins, the two wins the Yankees scratched out this series, discipline and power. That's how they won. Play discipline and power. And that's like I said, the benefits of having an all-around offensive team this season. You know, when the contact isn't there, the power is. Remember last year it was just power. This year, contact, power, discipline, everything. So when the contact isn't there, which it hasn't been these last two games, we have not been hitting with runners in scoring position lately. But the power bailed them out yesterday, and the power bailed them out today, along with discipline. Right? Yesterday, you got the four solo shots yesterday. Today, you get six walks. They had six walks today, just as many times as they hit. Yanks pounded out six walks, and a lot of them came late in the game, in that eighth inning. Right? And then the power in the uh, comes in the ninth inning. The back-to-back solo shots. That's how they. That's why I love this offense this season because they're always going to do something. Last year it was just hit the home run, but if you didn't have the homers that day, you weren't going to do anything because you didn't make contact last year. They ain't string together hits, but this year they're doing that thing where they string together hits. But not only that, they're keeping that same power. So even if the if you know even if the contact hitting isn't going to be there. The homers will always be there because they're the Bronx friggin' bombers, and they know how to, they know how to plow through pitchers, and that's what they're doing. An excellent win today gives them 90 wins on the season, man. Imagine that heading into September with 90 wins, get a whole month. This team's on pace to do some crazy things here, and uh, like I said, in the regular season, you know, nothing, nothing means anything. Nothing means anything without a ring in the end. But you do have to be happy with the state of the team right now, right? 90 wins, uh, what is it, 48 losses? Is it 48? Yeah, 48. I just I just paused the uh, episode and checked. 90 and 48. Uh, bunch of games up in the division, but we are fighting for home field, right? It's balls out for home field. And that's going to be... My thing going forward, man. That's that's kind of what I'm worried about. So I don't want to be I don't want to be a downer here, but I do want to bring a couple of things up. Home field advantage is going to be tough, right? Not only because you have to face the Astros, overtake the Astros, but you have a manager, you have an organization, a front office, whoever makes these decisions in game, whoever makes these decisions to sit, sit this guy to play that guy. You have that. It's it's a very conservative mentality. It's not like a killer mentality they're bringing out there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Aaron Boone right now because I don't feel like calling him Tunnel Rats, whatever, whoever it is. Let's call it Aaron Boone. He doesn't have that killer mentality. He, he it's just today, today punting a game with Ryan Dull. It's a scoreless game in the seventh inning, right? Aaron Boone's thinking we have the division. What's this? What's another loss? What's a loss? Right? What's a loss? We have the division. What's a loss? We're trying to, you know, we're trying to rest our guys here for the down for the down stretch. I don't think that way. What I'm thinking is, you know what? You have the division, but there are bigger and better things out there. You can get home field advantage for the playoffs, which is important. So you don't have to go to Houston with your up and down pitching staff. This way you can rely on rely on that extra game at home. You don't have to hope your pitching does something you can at least have that home field advantage where it can get your offense rejuvenated it can get your pitching staff going you know you have that on your side but it seems like they don't have that motivation it seems like they're taking this there it seems like they're going to take this final month and I feel like they're just gonna 
use it to their advantage in terms of give, giving their starters rest. And I really, really, really can't stress enough how much of a mistake that'll be. Because as I've just said, this pitching staff, it can't the starting pitching staff, they don't give you length, you know. They're up and down with their with their, you know, performances. Really, home field advantage is the only thing we have left, you know, to, to overtake Houston. That's going to give us that shot. It's our last shot is getting this home field advantage. But I, if I was the manager, you know, if I was running things, I would go balls out for this shit, man. I cannot understand why we don't do, we don't have that mentality. Why are we putting journeymen in the game? It's like, and I understand some of it. Like, your starters aren't going length. You have to put some people in there. When you're using a lot, you know it's it's. But again, that's kind of on Cashman too. We should have got a starter. If you don't want to, if you if you want to rest your guys because you're using them a lot, well, why didn't you get get? Why didn't you go and grab a starter that could go seven? You know, because our starters are going uh, three innings for Sabathia, um, five for Herman, and you know six six for for Hap, which was the best of the of the series. That's still not even long. I mean, you, when you're throwing out five six guys out there. Like I just said earlier, one of them is bound to have an off game. You're throwing a collection of relievers out there, they're going to have an off game. One of them won't be right. That's the issue with bullpenning, quote-unquote. But, obviously, right now it's working. It's working to perfection right now. 90-48, and 48, big division lead, right there with, home, with the Astros uh, for the best record. But, it's definitely concerning down the stretch. How are they going to handle this thing? So, I'm, I'm definitely worried about that. I hope... I really I pray and hope that Aaron Boone does the right thing by going balls out here and trying to take home field advantage like he should. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like that mentality of just laying back and using Ryan Dole in the fucking seventh inning of a of a scoreless game. I hope you don't do that shit. I really don't. And the whole three days rest thing, you can't pitch your relievers more than three, more than two days in a row. That's ridiculous to me. I think I'm not saying blow out the entire pen, but there are exceptions, and I think every once in a while he should do that. He should pitch his guys, you know, on short rest or whatever you want to call it. Just something to keep an eye on going forward. I don't know. Um, what else do we got here? I want to wrap up on a positive. <laughs> wrap up on a plus. The good thing about that is even if we do rest those things, which, again, I don't prefer, the schedule we have this month is it's it's no longer, you know, tough. We don't have anybody coming up here. We really we really finish out the year against a bunch of sub-500 teams and a bunch of, and a, and a couple of fringe contenders. Looking at it right here, uh, we got Texas coming up tomorrow. Yeah, okay, I have it right in front of me. I'm going to look right here. So, yep, tomorrow we start a series where we host Texas for three, right? If we do what we're supposed to, we can win that series. Then we go to Boston, playing Fenway for four. We've handled them well this year. Then we go to Detroit. That should be an easy one for three. Then we go to Toronto. If we do things right for two games, we should be able to take that. Then we come home for a set against the Angels and Toronto. Again, for six games <clears throat> combined. And then to cap off the year, we have a road trip. Two in Tampa, three more in Texas. So these is, this is really it. That's it. That's the entire month. That's the entire rest of the regular season. I just read to you. So you look at it, and really there's no contenders other than Tampa. And that's only for two more games. Boston, I would like to, obviously, we want to finish them off because they're not officially out of it yet. 
and they're always going to scare the shit out of me in, um, for as long as, as they're in it. Until that E is next to their name on MLB.com in the standings, I am not going to be comfortable. So it'd be nice to, to, to take care of them um, next week at Fenway. But, you know, like I said, it's, it's, it's really it's a cupcake schedule to finish out the year. So it'd be nice to get home field. But that, that only makes my case even more. So you know, go balls out and have a cupcake schedule. You know, we, you, we play all your guys. Combine that with a cupcake schedule. That should make it much more comforting to get that home field advantage. And do all you need to do. But like I said, what I think the Yankees will do is see that cupcake schedule and say, okay, now we can rest on our laurels a little bit and give some rest. I don't love that, but... Uh, all right, that's that's pretty much it. We'll see, but you know, like I said, this this team is something else. Um, lots of folks are using the term "special." That's kind of bouncing around all year. That that term, like I said, I don't love using that word. Um, I'm very superstitious, so I, I don't use words like that until really until the end of the season to see what happens. But what's the fun of that? You know, what's the point of making assumptions? But maybe maybe they have something because it's you know, like I said, I. I I have that feeling. I know what you mean. I have that feeling. It's something in this team. It gives them that resiliency, that 09 vibe, that they're never out of it. You know, they're always going to do something. You just look at look at the big picture overall all year. They've just they've been they've been overcoming so many things, the injuries, um, so many injuries. They literally broke a record for the most DL stints in a season uh, the other day. <laughs> When Geo went on the deal, they broke a record. Yeah, so they that's and they're still ninety and forty eight, which is incredible, man. So that's that that's that's why I understand why people are using that term. I'm not gonna say it because I'm superstitious, man, and I, I I freaking watch all I watch all my Yankees games when I'm watching it on TV, not at the games. I have the I make sure the volume is always at twenty eight. Whether I'm upstairs in the living room, the family room, or in my bedroom, the volume has to be at 28. Knock on wood. But yeah, that's how that's how I am, man. I have to. I'm so like, I'm very, very, very superstitious when it comes to the Yankees. Um, so I don't want to use that term yet, but I definitely understand what people are saying. This team is. There's something else. They are something else. You know. And you have Aaron, you have Gary Sanchez over here. Hit two homers to give him 32, and he hasn't even played 100 games yet, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I understand he's not the most consistent hitter. He's just, you know, pretty much a one-dimensional slugger, but boy, can he slug. That's one thing he can do very, very good. <laughs> ah, he's getting hot, maybe. Uh, Judge, you know, 19 homers now after being, going maybe almost a month without one before this hot streak. He's getting hot. Clint Frazier's back. Love that. My boy is back. Um, I love it, man. I know a lot of some Yankee fans maybe don't like Clint. Don't like his personality. I love it. I love it, man. Be cocky all you want. I love that that chip on his shoulder. I love that swagger. You know, that personality he brings, man. I love that. And like I said, as long as he can keep producing like he was when he first got his when he first got the call earlier this year, if he can keep producing. Talk all you want. I don't give a shit. I love this kid's attitude, man. I, I love. I think the Yankees need a guy like Clint. You know, everybody can't be judged. It's gonna be boy. You have a, you'd have a boring team. Need a little personality in there, and I think Clint Frazier provides that perfect mix. Gives the Yankees that perfect mix. I'm gonna be happy to see him on the field. Hopefully, they give him some starts. Hopefully, the Yankees aren't still petty. 
you know, for the whole, over that whole media thing. But I hope he can get some starts and become an everyday part of this team for the final month and make the postseason roster, huh? Going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, man, that's that's pretty much all I got. Let's uh, We'll get to the trivia, and that'll be it. We'll wrap things up, all right? We'll go with an easy one. But uh, since we're talking about the Yankee lineup being so great, we'll go with a really easy one about their lineup. So tonight's trivia question what was the nickname of the 1927 Yankee lineup? All right, that's it. What was the nickname of the 1927 Yankees lineup? All right, that's that. So the first one to inbox me or just comment, uh, comment the answer or inbox me the answer. First one to do that, I will give your page a shout out, either on Twitter or if you're on Facebook, I will shout you out. And that'll be that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, I appreciate you guys giving this a listen, man. I, I do this for fun. You know, it's it's not something I do to, to get followers from, to get listeners, but that's that's just an extra bonus to have anybody listening at all. And same thing for the blog. You know, this is where I post. The blog is where I post my podcast. Um, if you're not already following me, follow me on Twitter, at NYSportsTalkRC. Same handle for Facebook, at NYSportsTalkRC. The name of the actual page, if you want to search it up too, is Rob Carbone, comma, It's My Opinion, because that's my blog. All right, so follow me on there. Follow me on SoundCloud, BD4, Rob Carbone. Uh, Guys, thank you so much. Once again, I will see you tomorrow. All right, ciao.